What's going on? Not much. What's what's going on with you? Long time no talk. We definitely didn't just do this two days ago. Uh, yeah, totally not. <laughs> we are recording early because I'm gonna be away. So Yay! So we're recording this early. And yeah. We'll be back by the time y'all hear this, but nobody even knows that we're not. Yeah, no on one's our regular gonna schedule. Nobody's going to know. How would they know? The, m- the magic <laughs> of a schedule. Of podcasting. Uh, yes. Shout out to Haley for putting together a schedule. <laughs> Hell yeah. All right. Well, yeah. what are we talking about? So we're talking about a case that is still ongoing, but I'd be remiss not to talk about it. Um, shit kind of really hit the fan last summer. <gasps> and so... Recent. It's it's relatively recent, and we are just going to talk about, for those who have read it or let the title, they're like, get on with it. We are going to be talking about Flor Delis, who she's like a Cher is. or a Beyonce or a Prince or, okay. you know what I mean? Like, she's got like the one name. She has a full name, but okay. she goes by her first name. Um, she was born Flor Delis Dos Santos de Souza. And she was born as the fourth of five children in 1961 in the shoreline town of Jacarezinho, which okay. translates to Little Crocodile. Cute. And yeah, I mean, it's kind of cute oh, no. name, but it's also the third largest favela in Rio de Janeiro, which, according to Wikipedia, is, quote, a type of slum in Brazil that has oh, experienced no. historical governmental neglect, end quote. Too many of those. So, yeah, not not good. Not cute. Tough, right. tough upbringing. Uh, she was raised as uh, like her family was raised as members of the Assembly of God, which is Brazil's largest evangelical church. Her family was very religious um, okay. to the point, actually, that her dad was an artist and he painted angels on church ceilings. Oh, wow. Yeah. And so she just was very much immersed in this whole like religious culture and her dad's work made her like think like, OK, like this is what I'm meant to do. Mm-hmm. Um, but so yeah her childhood didn't come without difficulties uh, when she was 14 her dad and brother passed away in a car accident oh no yes and so when she was a teenager that's about the time where she also kind of became like a missionary she she was a Pentecostal miss- missionary for at-risk youth living in these impoverished favelas And she like, for example, where she lived, there was a lot of drug issues. And so she would see like little children like becoming parts of these cartels and would be like, no, no, no. Like, don't go with them. Like, come stay and pray with me. Uh Uh-huh. So she began her career doing that and often has made herself out to be like a hero for the poor and the downtrodden. Thanks to this close connection she has with God and Mm -hmm. basically is always just like, I'm just one simple woman who wants to save as many children as I can during my limited time on this earth. Um, I mean, if you're genuine, that's a very noble cause. Yeah, but remember that. Uh, (laughs) So, for example, Flor Delis claims that she addressed the, like, head... Like kind of like a drug lord. Um, okay. He was the chief trafico of Jacarezinho. And she fought for the life of a young man named Marcos, not the Netflix series Narcos, Marcos with an M. Okay. 
Um, and he had broken some kind of like gang law. Um, from what I could find, there doesn't seem to be like a concrete explanation to exactly what he did. But right. she was just like, he was beaten. He was in trouble. Um, and he had been sentenced to death for breaking this rule. So okay. Flor Delis told the New Yorker, quote, a mother came to me to pray for her kid, but I decided to go after him because I knew he was still alive. I went to the place of execution. The traficantes recognized me from the work I did with the ministers and they let me pass. I traded my life for the boy. I said, if he does something wrong, then you can come after me and kill me. He accepted the challenge and released the boy and I took him home, end quote. It's a lot of trust you have in this kid. How noble. Um, forgive me. And I feel like I should actually have said this at the top of the episode. I am spiritual, but not religious. But I have no, like, I have nothing against people who are very religious, who are like fervent followers of Jesus and God and all of that. But this is somebody who I just think is using all of that for like her own like to promote herself like like you said like she like i'm fine with people it's a great cause if the person like truly believes that but she is clearly like using all of this for personal gain so that's kind of what i'm setting up here so yeah um another example of this mission of hers is that in addition to being the mother of three biological children with a man who according to Flor Delis and her children allegedly left to move to northern Brazil and that's all that's been said of him. Okay. Um like just oh he moved north. All right then. Yeah. Um so she habitually and allegedly illegally adopted at-risk and troubled children who had been quote abandoned by drug wars to save them. Um, okay. And I say, I, I used air quotes for you, but I say abandoned because like record keeping is not the best in this country. And so a lot of times, like I'll get into it, but a lot of times like there's no like proof that okay. people, that these kids were orphaned. Um, one of her children who I'll mention later, he has, he has like outspokenly said, he's like, no, like, I had a family, but she was just like, you don't need that family anymore. And basically like brainwashed him to think that he did not need them anymore. And they were not, um, they didn't have his best interests at heart. And so his mother would try to contact him and he'd be like, no. Oh, geez. Yeah. So by 1992, she had adopted four kids on top of the three that she already had biologically. Yeah. Adopted, maybe just took. Yes. And so we are up to seven. Within a few a years, it's it's a lot. I would argue a lot of kids too to many. Handle. Yes, yeah. I would argue too many. But then again, I think that I think that one is too many. So <laughs> to each their own. Um, but within a few de- few years, Flordelis had converted a Jacarezinho shop into like a like a church where she conducted regular like prayer services as a missionary. And at one of these services, Flordelis's daughter Simone met a boy named Anderson De Carmo. Mm-hmm. So Simone and De Carmo began dating. And pretty soon, DeCarmo was adopted by Flor Delis as well. Um, okay. He definitely had a family. We'll talk about them in, a, in quite a while, but we'll talk about them. All right. Um, allegedly, like, there, like Simone and DeCarmo's relationship wasn't like, you know, they were like young. Like, DeCarmo was like, I want to say like 16. 
Okay. So they weren't like, you know, like it wasn't like they were in their 20s and like heavily like in love and thinking to marriage. But like it was it was like, you know, there was some kissing. There was some dating going on. Hey, some 16 year olds do eventually get married. I know. I know. I'm looking at one. Um, <laughs> but so, yeah, they began dating and then DeCarmo and Simone eventually broke up. Yeah, that happens. Because he left her for another woman. Okay. And that woman was Flor Delis. His ad- adopted mother. Yes. So just to just for those keeping track, this woman adopted her teenage son who was dating her teenage daughter and then said teenage son left said teenage daughter for their mother. I'm sorry. I didn't know we were covering an episode of Jerry Springer. Oh, honey, episode. just wait. Oh, honey, just wait. Wait, wait, wait. Is this, is this one of her biological children or one of her adopted children? He that is, was dating he this is kid? adopted. Her biological no, daughter. Her, the daughter is adopted. Yes. No, okay. no. He oh, is adopted. Bi- okay. Simone is not. <laughs> got it, got it, got it. That's going to be the entire daughter. episode is just a discussion of who is and is not adopted. Got it, got it, got it, got it. Yes. Um, and Flor Delis insists that this relationship did not begin until DeCarmo was 18 but also when he was 18 she was 34 so yeah i mean that's a we've 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 discussed (laughs) multiple times like the weirdness of ages obviously this is personal preference if you are over the age of 18 you can make whatever relationship decision you want to make you can date whoever you want to be with awesome great I always just think it's a little weird. You are in such yeah. different places in your yes, life. Yes, yes. Emotionally, like all of it. Like it's just, and what it's is a little they, creepy. They, they say you don't, like your brain doesn't even fully like congeal a, until you're 25. <laughs> like, I'm not a that? subscriber to that because that can be used by a myriad of abusive people to be like, oh, well, you don't know what you're talking about. So I don't subscribe to that, but I have heard that. Right. Yeah, yeah. Um. But regardless, so in 1994, Flor Delis began also working as a working is a loose term. Like she was like, like this was her other mission, basically. Okay. Um. So she began working as a drug cartel and gang negotiator, and and by working, I don't mean like she like that that was her job, so to speak. But it was more like it was like an extra. It was a second mission. It was another mission. So she's helping the children. She's being this like intermediary between like God and the drug people. She's a regular Mother Teresa. Yep, and we know how that all worked out for Mother Teresa. Yeah. So she used the word of God to reduce the, or she was trying to use the word of God to reduce the amount of violence in her country. And she also adopted seven more children. Jesus Christ, oh. woman. Oh, no, no, no. I'm sorry. No, um, my thumb was in the way. I actually meant to say 37 more children at once. Why? Why do you? Altogether. Why? Why, why do you need this many children? <laughs> well, allegedly, they were orphaned after a massacre resulting from either a drug war or police brutality. Uh, but the record keeping in Brazil, like I said, it's not the best. So there's no way to determine for sure who these kids once belonged to. But all we know is that now all 37 of them belong to her. Why so you find them new homes with people that can take care of them. That is, the, it is too much. There's too many children for a classroom, let alone a home. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's a lot. 
Um, And then on top of that, big year for her, 1994, because she also married DeCarmo shortly before she adopted these 37 children. Did he know about all these kids? Yes, he did. Yes, he did. It's funny you say that because she told The New Yorker, quote, he started by having a great admiration for me and then it became love. And then we got married. Three months later, I gave him 37 children. I told him I will stay with the children and I will understand if you leave. But my choice now is to stay with them because they have already received a lot of no's in this life and then he looked at me and said when I married you I married your crazy things too so I will stay end quote I'm gonna bullshit on that I'm gonna fucking barf so she has 45 kids at this point Jesus not including her child husband Um, oh that's right Obviously, this caught the media's attention, as did her other charitable works to help with the violence and the drugs and the gangs. However, so here's the thing. We talked about this. We we hinted at this, that like these kids, we don't know where they're coming from. Mm-hmm. So Flor Delis did not formalize these adoptions that she made. And so she was soon accused of illegally hi- harboring underage children. Once you rack up a number like 45, people start to take notice. Yeah. Um, So after a judge ordered her to give up custody of the kids, the entire family fled the home that they were living in. And so they moved a lot like in at that point and they lived on the streets for a bit. Then they would stay in the homes of like benevolent strangers. (laughs) Who's letting 45 children stay in their house? That's what I said. Who's got that space? That's what I said. Um, Drug traffickers, because they also stayed there. Um, Yeah, that's safe. Upon learning that the media was referring to her as, quote, an abductor of children, end quote. Yeah. She established a meeting with the head of a children's advocacy group who had gone to the police about her situation and also a United Nations like person who specialized like an official. Okay. This official just like happened to or how do I put this? With a United Nations official who was like they specialized in like protecting children and helping at-risk youth and child endangerment and all of that so she also invited the media because homegirl loves a photo op and allegedly Flor Delisa's story was so moving that the officials decided to take her side instead of the police's and they helped her basically legalize the custody of these children make made them legally her kids and helped her establish the Flor de Lis Family Home Association as like an umbrella company. And then the media quickly became enamored with her and her story as well, to the point that these two brothers who were like really successful, wealthy businessmen, they like rented out a home for her, covered rent, utilities, groceries appliances furniture everything for this family with all of these fucking kids see here's the thing though i know that i mean i don't know firsthand obviously but the process for adoption at least in the u.s is extremely long extremely thorough and like it could take years for you to get children and I don't think like if you went through the adoption process and you already had kids in like the double digits, I don't know if they would necessarily like give you another kid. 
No, they wouldn't. Especially one person. They wouldn't, but evangelicalism was becoming like huge in Brazil at that point. Like it's set to, so Brazil is a predominantly Catholic country. It is set to be predominantly evangelical by 2030. Really? Yes. So between the religious aspect of it and the fact that this was such like a sensational heartwarming story that she's doing this out of the goodness of her heart, it does take a long time in Brazil to the point we'll get to this later, but like she would lobby for, um, like shortening the adoption process to make it more um, attractive to potential parents and so that it would be the same amount of time as like the gestation period of a pregnancy. Now, here's another thing. Does she get money from this? Like, no. Okay. She doesn't receive governmental money to support. No assistance. No assistance. She doesn't have to. She's got like a DD gypsy Rose Blanchard type of thing where she's got like people, people just donating shit. Like I can see, Um, I can see people like supporting her, like running a group home, but I don't understand how you can say that these are all your children. I mean, this is more children than the Duggars and that's a fucked up family. That's too many children too. Yeah. And you can see how, yeah, you can see how they're all treated. So I don't understand Mm -hmm. how you can give, Especially if you are like so about like family and like you want to raise these kids. I don't understand how you could possibly give any of these children individualized attention uh, that they need. Like, can we can we put a pin in that? Okay. Yes. Because we'll we'll get there. All right. We'll get there. Will you like it? Probably not, but we'll get there. Let me hear it. So they've got this house. They've got everything they could possibly need. So obviously it makes sense that this, that she decides to just leave this fucking house and all of their shit because she said she felt too guilty over these brothers' generosity. So she'd rather... I'm sorry, who it? Yeah, she'd rather take all of these kids that might have been stolen from their families and just live on the street because she's like, oh, well, I feel bad about taking all this stuff. It's like, well, yeah, why, a, why didn't you feel bad about taking herself. the kids in the first place? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Like, dude. Even if they were dude. orphaned, you can find them better homes that can have yep. more individualized attention. Even if you send them off like three at once. Yep. But no, something stinks and it's not one of Felix's bioterrorism farts. All right. Something ain't right. So... The family continued to move around four more times. And in the meantime, Flor Delis began taking on odd jobs to provide supplemental income for their family, including as a seamstress sewing patches for Brazilian military uniforms and preparing lunches for local security companies. She told The New Yorker after the fact that she frequently would make herself sick over the stress, saying, quote, Because of the stress I felt, having to give a bottle of milk to the babies every three hours, changing their diapers, and taking them to doctor's appointments, my older children helped me. And my husband, my husband gave up his dream of pursuing a career at the Bank of Brazil in order to help me. The fact from the, in fact, from the beginning, my husband gave up his dreams to live my dreams. See, this is some bullshit. And you know what? I'm gonna, I'm gonna say it. Elliot and I watched the uh, Love is Blind special recently. Oh. And there was that one batshit couple of the, the boring guy, <laughs> Barnett, and uh, that bat, like that crazy woman, Amber. She uh-huh. had like a fucking 
shit ton of student debt. She didn't even graduate college. Uh, and he had like a house and a dog and like uh, like a career. And he had to sell his house to pay off her student debt and move in to her fucking apartment with her roommate. Yeah. Except the roommates are 47 children or however many, 45 children. That's fucking um, I've lost crazy. Count. Yes, I know. Oh, I fucking know. But, and Why are you giving up everything for these fucking crazy people? Well, and it gets better. So he's also, don't forget, giving up his career. So like Fleur de Lis, Dakarma ended up becoming an, ev- an evangelical minister. And they went on to found a church together called the Ministerio Fleur de Lis or the Ministry of Fleur de Lis. Um, so she really is that, Mother Teresa. It, it, right? Um, so they founded that in the garage of their home in Jacarazinho. And what started as just like familial prayer sessions. But again, there's like 50 of you. Yeah, that's so, a congregation. Yeah. Um, it like it turned into like neighbors joining. And then those businessman brother like guardian angel people. They were like, oh, like sending their friends. Jesus. And this culminated in people gathering from all over to hear Flor Delis sing. All right. So this burgeoning fandom even built her a stage for her to give weekly performances. Okay. So from there, Flor Delis told the New Yorker that she and her husband bought a car with a loudspeaker and would play. She put out an album herself oh, in 1998 oh and they would play her music as they drove through the slums. Oh, oh yeah. wow. And she said, quote, we entered the favelas through music to evangelize, to attract traffickers, addicts, boys and girls from the drug trade. The idea was to try to rescue them through music, end quote. How many beer bottles got thrown at that car? Unfortunately, I have none in my hand right now. Um, but as as word spread about her talents and her devotion to God and everything, they started holding monthly vigils that ended up becoming one huge, like, Coachella-style celebration called the International Missions Congress Okay, that they would hold every year. So... Fleur Delis kept doing what she was allegedly put on this earth to do, which is continuing to adopt 12 more children over the years. <gasps> um, yeah, for those who've lost count, if you're banging your head against the wall and we're not paying attention, we're up to 50 fucking six children, including her child husband that she has adopted. From the ages of infant, uh, assumedly, yes. because she's talking about infant, like, yeah. yes, infant to teen. Jesus. Um, like the the set of thirty seven kids, the set, um, <laughs> yeah, the bonus pack. Um, no, th- it was like there were a ton of like babies amongst that. Oh, these poor and kids. she had adopted like a baby before, and like uh. yeah. Um, so while she's doing all of that, her husband is taking care of the business side of things pertaining to the church. And in two thousand two, Flor Delis and her family appeared on one of Brazil's top-rated talk shows, which basically just launched her into superstardom. And despite the fact that Flor Delis had um, married her, you know, son, yeah. Um, by two thousand three, the Ministry of Flor Delis or Ministerio Flor Delis had accrued such a large audience that they ended up having to establish six churches. Oh wow! Yeah. And so then this community of followers, from what I could gather, I, I had two differing 
um, re- both equally reputable, but two differing sources on this. One said that the community became known as the City of Fire. And then another said that after what is about to transpire, which I'll get into, they kind of started calling themselves the City of Fire. Okay. As opposed to the Ministry of Florida Lease. Um, but regardless, and I'm going to be honest, like I'm only like 60% comp- confident in my ability to translate Portuguese to English. Okay. <laughs> and a lot of this was translated from, cause this is huge, a huge story in Brazil. This is not very well known in the U S Yeah, and it's like, I, I mean, I've done my best. <laughs> Okay. This is the gist of the story. If I get details wrong, please do not come for me. I really, really tried. It took me longer than normal to like do an, this episode just because it's all, all like most of my sources. The the primary English source that I found was this article from the New Yorker that I keep referencing. Okay. Um. That being said, maybe I should have left that at the top as well. But because the way evangelical churches were set up is like a background. They were they were like franchises within different favelas. And given that this congregation was based in one of the only favelas that permitted the sale and purchase of crack, like, you know, the whack drug, yes. the, the, the cocaine, um, Flor de Lis and Do Carmo had this friendly history with the drug lords. And so it's no surprise that other evangelicals were, for some unknown reason, unable to open their own churches in the area. So the min- the Ministerio de Flor de Lis or the Ministerio Flor de Lis had like a monopoly. Okay. So hence the six churches. So the congregation was therefore fully devoted to Flor de Lis, the Carmo and the ministry, which meant they didn't question anything they said or did, including when out of the goodness of their hearts, De Carmo, who again was in charge of this business side of the church, began requiring members of the congregation to donate 10% of their paychecks to them. Hmm. As in order to continue to go to church there. Yeah. So that money was then siphoned away and invested in liquid assets, which no one but De Carmo, not even allegedly Flor Delis, had access to. Hmm. Yeah. So then we get to 2008, at which point Brazil experiences a huge economic recession, crime skyrockets. There's a series of police, social and like community cleanup programs like, you know, like sanitation and shit like that. Yeah. All of these things are established to do damage control. But due to a lack of training, funding, staffing, you name it, they got it or they don't got it, I guess. Um, most of these programs barely made it off the ground, if at all. Hmm. So they're in a worse spot than they were. Yeah. And Uh, the forgotten poor becomes all the more forgotten and more Brazilians turn to evangelism and namely Flor Delis. Again, she's in the third largest favela in like Rio de Janeiro. So the community basically just blindly followed the ministry and hung on to their every word and believed Flor Delis to be some kind of like God appointed like hero, like David. Yeah. And Anything said against her was, like, for lack of a better word, fake news. Yeah. Does that sound familiar? Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. So at one point, for example, when Flor Delis was put under investigation for kidnapping the kids that she claimed to adopt, they criticized their hero, Flor Delis, 
I mean, no, I, I take that back. I'm a liar. They criticize the government and not their hero, Flor de Lis. Okay. And, you know, this godly woman who's allegedly kidnapped over 50 fucking kids. Yeah, she's done nothing wrong ever in her life. Mm-hmm. Um, so all of this positive attention by the public and scrutiny by the authorities culminated in the production of the 2009 docudrama Flor de Lis, Pasto Uma Palavra, no, Palavra para Mudar. Or Flor de Lis, just one word to change, which was based on her life. All right. Homegirl had a biopic. So the film depicted Flor de Lis as this martyr and like persecuted do-gooder who ended up homeless as she fought to remain the guardian of her beloved tribe of children. Yeah. And according to IMDb, many of the people who worked on this movie, including a cast of literally... Brazil's 27 most famous actors. Hmm. Like, think think like in the US, like the Meryl Streep, the Brad Pitt, the Leonardo DiCaprio. All of these people were in this movie and they did it for free. Damn. And that's because the proceeds of the film were to go towards building a rehab for troubled youth. Great cause. Yep. And also... Buying a home for Flor Delis and her kids. Didn't we already do this once? They rented it, but they didn't buy. <sighs> yeah, I know. So the movie has a 2.9 out of 10 on IMDb and a 30% Google score. So it was, well, panned. Yeah. And in addition to getting her that house, it led to Flor Delis getting a record deal with Rio de Janeiro music label MK Music. So she signed with them in 2010 and then released her album Fogo e Unciao. Okay. So, or Xiao, Unciao. Um, before her deal, though, she, so like I said, she had released music independently and then also one album with Apescantar Music. But she hadn't seen much commercial success, which is shocking considering she bought that car and just drove through the fucking favelas yeah. with blasting her music. But MK Music is one of Brazil's top gospel labels. So at that point, like, she became, like, a Beyonce of gospel music, a share of gospel music. Yeah. She performed, she she had five hit albums under that label. She performed it all over Brazil, in Europe, even in the United States, like, in New York, in Miami, in, like, big cities and, like, some smaller cities. But, like, she was, like, an international name. Yeah. So, after, like, by 2018, she's got the success. She's got these albums. Um, She said something to, like, the New Yorker or something. Like, all I needed was a Grammy. And I'm like, shut up. Um, So, by 2018, there was this huge government upheaval. And she had this dream that she says was sent by God in which she was the only person on this road. And then this voice, this divine, like disembodied voice tells her to walk across this cluster of papers at her feet. So she tells the New Yorker quote, a strong wind blew from my back and those papers flew around. And then I saw my picture with four numbers end quote. And as it so happens, candidates running for election to Brazil's national Congress, each have four digit identification numbers. Oh, no. So she goes, aha, I need to run for office. Okay. All right. So she uses her celebrity status to enter into politics and becomes part of the Social Democratic Party. She gets membership through, like, the head of the record label, who's also a politician. 
Um, and in, the Social Democratic Party initially wanted her to run for just local government instead of federal government. Yeah. And and she was just like, but my dream, my dream said it was federal. And so uh-huh. they were just like, well, yeah, but this dude's running for federal and we're backing him. Yeah. So, however. Maybe it's God. Maybe it's these drug connections. I don't know. Um, but the day before candidates were required to register. Lord Delisa's phone rings. And as she explains to The New Yorker, quote, it was the PSD people saying that Erold had decided to run for the Senate. So I would be the candidate for federal deputy. This was God saying, it was me who gave you that dream, end quote. Uh-huh. So furthermore, though the campaigns were supposed to be funded by the candidates themselves, she said, quote, God started bringing state deputies who wanted me as a partner, and so they financed my entire campaign. I had 36 state deputy candidates campaigning for me, end quote. Okay. So, yeah. But again, remember, hugely popular singer. Evangelism is, like, on the rise. Yeah. So, Flor Delise runs for office as a federal deputy, which is, again, like, Brazil's version of a congresswoman. It's a position on Brazil's National Congress. Mm-hmm. She won by a landslide with nearly 197,000 votes, making her one of Rio de Janeiro's most voted federal lawmakers. Okay. So, yeah. So as she took office, she declared, quote, I'm going to fight for the family, for life, and for women, end quote. How does she have time to do all this when she's got like 930 kids? Well, it's funny you say that. Oh, Jesus. Because... Meanwhile, in addition to taking care of these churches, DeCarmo is now also managing Fleur de Lis's political career and overseeing their home. This home that they got from this movie. Yeah. This compound with four separate structures to accommodate their entire 50-something fucking family members. Yeah, and two of those houses are, at least two of those houses, are not going to have an adult in it. So uh-huh. <laughs> what the fuck is happening? Well, actually, I shouldn't say that because we'll get into that. But um, there there will be adults. Don't worry. However, despite Flor Delis's growing power and success. In like 2018. DeCarmo told his wife that he wanted a divorce. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Ruh-roh. <laughs> and Flor Delis said, OK. And they went on their merry way and they just decided to lead separate lives and everything was fine. Does he have a life insurance policy? No. Okay. All right. I guess he's not. Spoiler alert, though. Maybe he should. Um, In a text message later obtained by the authorities, she wrote to one of her sons, quote, I can't divorce him because I would scandalize the name of God, end quote. That's true. Yeah. So I guess I'll just have him murdered instead. Well, however, um, this probably isn't the real reason, but Fleur Delis also didn't want to lose half of her assets in the divorce. There was no prenup. And she especially didn't want to lose it since DeCarma was the one in charge of said assets and financial information in the first place. So he could say how much was half. Yeah. <laughs> well, shit. We want prenup. Yeah. Yeah. So on the evening of June 15th, 2019, Flor Delis and De decided to go on a romantic jaunt <laughs> about an hour away from their home. Yep. Is it really by a really tall cliff? 
No, it was on. A, it was on like a boardwalk. Uh. Um, they took a walk before finishing visiting a sidewalk cafe. They got a little fried fish. Uh huh. And then later, in a Tom Cruise esque romantic gesture, Docarmo, who wants a divorce, climbed onto a chair and shouted, "Te amo, te amo," at uh-huh. to his wife. So then at about two o'clock in the morning, after a romantic night of walking on the beach hand in hand, kissing under the moonlight, having sex on the hood of a Honda Accord, you oh, know, like oh. the true romantic trifecta. All right. Um, they realized that they had lost track of time. They being Fleur Delis. And she was like, oh, like my love, we have church services in a few hours that we have to conduct. This bitch, like she strikes me as the person that's never going to f- forget about church. She will always yeah, no. be there. Well, especially when she's running the church. Exactly. Um, they they basically their churches had like two thrones on like like think like the the you know like the the TV the t- the televangelists yeah, and they have like that stage. There's two thrones, one for each of them to sit on, like Iron Thrones, like Game of Thrones. I mean, no, I think they were white, but same gist. Yes. So they were they were fucking thrones. Yeah. Is the point. So, yeah, so they decided to go home with DeCarmo driving and Flor Delise playing the mobile game Pet Rescue on her phone because I guess even when she's not, she's got to rescue something. Uh-huh. And as the couple returned to their home in Niterol, which is a city about 13 miles or 21 kilometers east of Rio de Janeiro, it's across like the Guanabara Bay. Um, Flor Delise alleges that they were driving down an otherwise deserted road when two angry motorcyclists began chasing after their car. Uh-huh. So DeCarmo picks up the, spa- the pace. He speeds up. He rushes them home. And when the couple pulled up to their house at the dead end of a street in a middle class neighborhood, um, the wooden gates at their driveway entrance wouldn't work. So Anderson went to like manually open the gate and like fiddle with it. And Flor Delis stayed like like she took off her shoes and went up the long way up the steps to their house. Okay. And from the stairs, Flor Delis called out to remind her husband to close the gates behind him because he got caught up writing some last minute emails to their ministry employees regarding the day ahead. Okay. And then she went inside. From there, she got ready for bed and made her rounds through the house to check on their kids. Um, which I can only imagine took hours. And she went to speak with one of her sons after seeing that the light was on, like under the crack in his door. Uh And then suddenly she heard gunshots followed by screams. DeCarmo in the driveway had been shot over 30 times, predominantly in the groin and thighs. Okay. Allegedly, the assailants then ran past 58-year-old Flor Delis, who they left unharmed and robbed their house hmm one of the daughters yelled oh i'm gonna fuck this up meo pai meo pai which translates to my father my father okay and as her children held her back inside the house to prevent her from seeing the state of her husband a few of her sons put de carmo's body in the car and rushed him to a hospital okay Flor Delis later told the New Yorker, quote, I didn't know it was going to happen. If I knew for sure, I wouldn't have left him because we had we had the dream of dying together. We thought we would die together on the roads of life. Uh-huh. End quote. So Flor Delis allegedly followed immediately. That's what she said. But other members of the family stated that she arrived 40 minutes after DeCarmo got to the hospital. A little bit of traffic, huh? 
Yeah, a little bit of traffic and also a wardrobe change. She was dressed to the nines, fake crying, allegedly, and begging the hospital staff, quote, tell me my husband is alive, end quote. Okay. Spoiler alert, DeCarmo was dead. He had been pronounced dead at the age of 42. Wow. So because Brazil had, has, had, has such a volatile political climate, DeCarmo was seen as just another casualty of political extremism. Um, multiple politicians had gone missing. Uh, their bodies would be just like dumped in the streets. Yeah. Um, so the Rio Times reported on the case saying, quote, the targeting of politicians and those close to them is nothing new in the state of Rio de Janeiro, which has seen an uptick in the number of office holders and associates that have been gunned down over the last several years, end quote. Mm. And again, Dakarma was basically managing her political career. Yeah. One might even say he was like spearheading it. He was the one behind everything. Yep. But um, regardless, so eight hours after the murder, Niteroy police homicide detective Reynaldo Leal, Leal, I knew a Leal and I knew a Leal and they spelt their names exactly the same. So I'm not sure. Please don't come for me. All right. <laughs> um, I'm going to go with Leal because I believe they were actually Brazilian. Okay. So um, he they got to the house to collect forensic evidence and he told the New Yorker, quote, from the start, it wasn't a normal investigation. The police had to figure out who the hell was who and go through 20 years of history trying to figure out everyone's names and the relationships between them, end quote. Meanwhile, sobbing uncontrollably, one might even say theatrically, mm -hmm. as the police arrived at her home, Flor Delise claimed her husband had been killed by thieves. So despite this, nobody seemed to have witnessed the attack or the robbery, but everybody at the house was like, it was thieves. Okay. Why are you questioning this? It was thieves. Rehearsed. So, Leal told the New Yorker that when he met Fleur Delise, quote, I began to feel something was weird, end quote. You think? Yeah. So, officers interviewed and identified everybody who lived there because 22 out of Fleur Delise's 55 kids who were between the ages of 3 and 40 still lived at the house. Remember when you said two of those buildings didn't have yeah. an adult in them? Well, odds are. Yeah. <laughs> so... While running background checks, it was discovered that one of Flor de Lis and DeCarmo's sons, Lucas Cesar dos Santos, had an outstanding warrant stemming from a past drug charge. Furthermore, upon examination of security footage from the house's driveway gates, it was discovered that Lucas had arrived home in an Uber about 20 minutes before the murder. The Uber waited and then he got in and went somewhere else. I'm guessing he's one of the older kids. He is. He's like in his 30s. OK. Um. Lucas was arrested and upon arriving at the station, explained that the situation was just a coincidence. Um, he had moved out months before and had just been in the neighborhood and was going to an all night dance party called a baile funk. Fun. And yes. And so he was a drug dealer. So he had dropped off his drugs at the house to just like stash them there before he went to this, this baile funk. Okay. So. Calling Lucas's bluff, the authorities told him that they had gotten a hold of this Uber driver that had driven him, and they were in the process of questioning that Uber driver, mm -hmm. at which point Lucas folded and admitted that the same driver had also taken him to a favela elsewhere to buy a gun for one of Flor Delis's other sons, who was in his 30s, mm -hmm. Flavio dos Santos Rodriguez, a few weeks before, but that he didn't know it would be used to murder DeCarmo. Okay. The gun. So upon looking into Flavio, it was discovered that there was an outstanding warrant for him, too, for domestic violence. 
she really she she did a great job of raising her kids. Hell yeah. Meanwhile, Florence Elise and her children conducted an overnight vigil in her largest church. She arrived late to the funeral, dressed to the nines, wearing huge sunglasses. Um, more of the crying made a huge entrance complete with an entourage. And throughout the ceremony, Flavio just stood by his mom and the rest of their family and just kind of like like a bodyguard almost. Okay. And the entire family noticeably avoided DeCarmo's family, who also went to the funeral. Remember, DeCarmo had a parent, had a mother, yeah. had parents, and then was just adopted That's so as a teenager. Crazy. So throughout the ceremony, um, no, I already said that. Just kidding. Bye. <laughs> um, so DeCarmo's body was put on display in an open casket where at one point a grieving Fleur de Lis nearly fainted with with just grief She's beside really, the casket. Really milking this. Right? So she sobbed as she delivered a eulogy before an audience of 2,500 people. Whoa. Yeah. And declared her never-ending love for her husband, demanded justice, and vowed to bring an end to the violence and right-wing fascism that plagued her home country and had therefore claimed the life of her husband. Her children were without a father. Yeah. So the next morning at a cemetery on the outskirts of Niteroy, Fleur de Lis and several of her daughters just held on to each other, sobbing and singing. Um, and De Carmo's coffin was lowered into the ground. And as soon as the burial was over, Fleur de Lis was just like, oh, okay. And she and her family left. Great. De Carmo's mom, meanwhile, remained by his graveside mourning. Hmm. Like after he had been, once he was in the ground, she left and his mother stayed. Yeah. His real mother, one might say. I would never say that about an adoptee, but like, let's be real. If you're stolen, Um, you're not adopted. Well, that, but also regardless, like I would not say, oh, like your real mother, like that's your real mother is your mother and doesn't matter the the means by which you came into her care unless it was a stealing situation. Yeah. Your real parent is the one that loves you and raised you and and all that sort of stuff but like yes and also the one that stays by your grave and continues to mourn just because out of sight out of mind doesn't really apply here yeah this is um, your fucking child yes slash husband yes um so as as the cars are leaving you know the processional out of the cemetery that whole thing everybody's been to a funeral um the police pulled over Flor Delisa's car and arrested Flavio hmm he gets brought back to the station and quickly confesses that he was the one who murdered DeCarmo using said gun. But there were still many questions that were unanswered. The police were like, well, what about this? What about that? And one of these was the whereabouts of both Flavio and DeCarmo's cell phones. Ah, they could not be found. All right. They tore the house apart and couldn't find either of the phones. But they did find the gun used to commit the murder, which was a nine millimeter Argentine made Bursa semi-automatic weapon. And it was just on Flavio's dresser in plain sight, completely wiped down from fingerprints. But there was a single pubic hair that DNA testing determined belonged to Flavio on the gun. That pesky pubic hair. How did it get on the gun? Those pesky pubes. My question exactly. So two days later, one of Flor de Lis and DeCarmo's adoptees, Misael and his wife Luana, Luana 
was a former follower of Fleur de Lis. She at one point had served as her driver and personal secretary. Mm. So this is two days after the murder. They go to the cops. Okay. Misael is the guy that I mentioned before who Fleur Delise was just like, I'm your mother now. You don't need them. They don't have your best interest yeah. at heart. And he yeah. like ignored his mother. That's who he is. Okay. So the couple wrote affidavits that accused Fleur Delise and DeCarmo of abusing the children they adopted after they got married. And in addition to beating them and forcing them to live in squalor as sex slaves, the whole situation was just all kinds of fucked up. Some of these details include that no one was allowed to move into the house until they had self-isolated for a week while wearing all white. And at the end of this self-isolation period, they were required to have sex with Fleur de Lis in order to become like a member of the house. The sex doesn't stop there. Oh, Lord. The adoptees were also forced to partake in rituals that involved having sex with visiting foreign Pentecostal pastors and also pretty much anybody that Fleur de Lis told them to have sex with. Yeah, so she's running a child sex ring. Basically, um, the kids were also required to write psalms with their own blood. Ah, that's some yeah. fucking Harry Potter shit. That is some fucking Harry Potter shit. So she's not only a child sex trafficker, she's fucking umbridge. Yeah. So the kids referred to Fleur Delis and to Carmo as their parents, as mom and dad. But they remember when you were like, how do all of these kids get adequate parenting? Yeah. Well, that's because they were not parented. I mean, I could have guessed that. Delise and DeCarmo. Instead, basically, the older kids were assigned younger kids. Kind that's, of like if anybody ever had like an eighth grade buddy or anything like that in school. I know I did. That's how the Duggars um, work. I'm pretty sure. Like it's probably how the Duggars work. Uh, yeah, no, Once you I get was, to a certain number, it's tough to keep track. I was listening to a podcast about um, uh, it was like it was kind of like kind of about the Duggars, but also kind of about the religion behind what they follow and everything like that. And uh, apparently, I don't remember the exact age, but once a kid gets to like, let's say it's 11 years old, then the next like baby that comes up, like you're then assigned a buddy. And then once that kid grows like up to Mm -hmm. like get their own buddy, then you're assigned a new one. And like, yeah, you have to raise that kid and make sure that like, they have their clothes. They have their their uh, lunches for school. They have their, like, everything. Like, you are their new parent. Parent. That yeah. is exactly what the situation this is, is here. Like, you, you verbatim to my notes. That is what it is. Yeah, that's it. It's crazy. Yeah. And, and it doesn't get, it gets worse because these older kids were also forced to go out and work at a certain age. And they were required to give, like, most of their earnings to Fleur Delis and DeCarmo to supplement the family's income. Yeah, definitely. Yep. They have five churches, hit albums, concert tours, movies, political careers. And yeah. these kids have to go out and then, like, work for more money. Yeah. So, yeah, it's just, it's, it's, it, it, it it's all really fucked up, but probably the strangest and like if not most concerning link is that allegedly DeCarmo, Flor Delise, and Simone were a thruple. Remember okay. Simone? The girlfriend before Flor Delise? Yes. Flor Delise's, you know, daughter. Um allegedly the three would be seen leaving bedrooms together with nothing but towels on. And they were repeat customers at a swingers club in West Rio de Janeiro, where Flor Delis would be seen um, heavily inebriated. 
And as a matter of fact, on the night of DeCarmo's murder, traffic cams photographed Flor Delis and DeCarmo's Honda only 500 meters or about 1,640 feet from the swingers club that they were accused of attending. Oof. Yeah. Furthermore, there were like ranks that, you know, how like cults often have ranks. This is no different. Yeah. And so you'd have to work your way up to certain ranks, which would earn luxuries like unspoiled food since the fridge was kept locked. <gasps> yep. And once they got to a certain level, they would be given angel names. Like, for example, De Carmos was Danielle or Niel for short, which is why if you go onto Flor Delis's social media, you'll see... Like her referring to him by that name as opposed to Anderson yeah. or even Docarmo in her posts. Um, uh, I'm trying to remember Misael. It, that's his angel name that he got when he like quote unquote ascended, and yeah. his real name was something like Wagner, okay, or something like that. Um, but yeah, so at that point, you would be informed of the big like secret that nobody else knows, which is that Fleur de Lis is actually. A reincarnated cherub named Keturian, and that you, the person who has ascended, are among those who have been sent by God to protect her. Okay. Um, yeah, so not at all weird. And the kids kind of got like into, especially the boys, got into like this culty personality of like, okay, well, we have to protect Fleur de Lis. And they would like just like keep like around her at all times like how i said flavio acted almost like a bodyguard yeah so yeah also they'd have to partake in various black magic rituals which are decidedly not evangelical um and this included ones during which a naked decarmo would pretend to be sacrificed while laying in the middle of a chalk circle among others all right so misael later told the new yorker quote whenever we prayed it was for a purpose if you wanted to have control over someone, we put melon, honey, and crystal sugar in a pot, then left your name in the honey with the name of the person and in, with an engagement ring. And then we lit a candle and we all prayed together for seven days. If anyone asked why those rituals weren't in the Bible, she would say they had been professed by Christ in the past, but been lost in history, end quote. Mm -hmm. One time, Fleur Delis even locked Misael in a room for 21 days by himself to pray. Hmm. He said, quote, they only knocked on the door to deliver food because, according to her, I needed to be purified, end quote. Okay. Furthermore, Misael and Liana named several family members whom they suspected of being involved in DeCarmo's murder. Leal, who's at this point just fucking floored, um, I think no matter what you're suspecting, I don't think you're expecting this to be a thing. Yeah. So he decided to bring everyone into the station to be interrogated, like all of the kids, um, and he said, quote, we wanted them all there so they couldn't compare notes, end quote, which hmm. is smart. Yeah. So within a week, the police had gathered up enough evidence to arrest six more suspects. So now we're up to eight suspects. Six. The six of those kids are literally they're, they're Flor Delise's kids. So yeah. six more of her kids. Um, and at this point, the police are starting to, like, build up a case. Yeah. So DeCarmo's murder had made national headlines and therefore it should come as no surprise that once these accusations came forth, they they also made national headlines. Yeah. Um, a furious Fleur de Lis denied everything. 
Uh, she went live on her Instagram account, which is at Flordelis Cantora. As of this episode, she has 891,000 followers. Whoa. Yeah. And so there she denounced a parishioner who also was like a whistleblower type of thing, saying, quote, there has to be a little video that I'm drunk, drunk, loaded. Because if you don't, my love, you're going to have to pay for more, pay me for moral damages. You have money, right? Start cleaning. You have money, right? Sell everything you have in your home. You have money, right? You will have to pay me for moral damages. Come get me, Hebe. End quote. Jeez. Yeah. So between the blind devotion to the ministry and Florida's angry Instagram denials, nearly everybody moved on from the scandal. Mm. And authorities then reached out to Flavio's phone service provider for a chip linked to his number. And after being able to figure out what his password was, they were able to get in and download all of his phone records from the cloud, which proved that Fleur Delis personally planned DeCarmo's murder and staged it as a robbery. Whoa. Yeah. I mean, not I, a shock, but yeah. like, damn. The, yeah, the fact <laughs> that like, they all put this on like cold. text and stuff, like, come on. Yeah. Man. Well, it's funny you say that because so Leal told The New Yorker, quote, we understood a lot after that. It was clear that he organized everything. He orchestrated everything, even her political meetings. We could see the power conflict, end quote. So that's about DeCarmo. Yeah. And they also discovered emails in which DeCarmo complained that Fleur Delis wasn't giving him enough credit for his work and that there was some kind of like thing going on between her and Pastor Luciano, who was a political aide, also one of her kids, who had called, I mean, who had like, um, he like, Ran her political affairs, basically. He was like her top aide. Yeah. Um, it like just ugh, my dude. So then it they're, they're coming, coming for you. Me. They're coming for me. <laughs> Hello? You there? They're coming. They should be coming for Flor Delis. So then Leal said, quote, it was possible to see she was planning to replace Anderson with Luciano. She was able to manipulate the kids into killing Anderson because of her great psychological power over them. She knew how to exploit the fragility of each kid, end quote. Damn. So then, furthermore, homicide division head Alan Duarte said, quote, it was not a simple family, but an intra-family criminal organization, end quote. Yeah. Yeah. So after the botched attempts to murder her husband, Duarte said that Fleur de Lis masterminded, quote, a criminal plan, financed the purchase of the weapon, convinced people to commit this crime and warned about the victim's arrival at the scene, end quote. Quote, it is obvious to us there is no doubt that she was the intellectual author and great head of this crime, end quote. Yeah. So yeah, they fucking got her. They're able to deduce that she had been planning to murder her husband since May of 2018. Wow. Yes. And finally succeeded after at least six failed or canceled attempts to kill him through methods ranging from poisoning his food with arsenic, which actually (gasps) ended up hospitalizing DeCarmo and some of the kids with stomach aches instead. Nobody died, but like they like spiked his food or his drinks and then like one of the kids would accidentally eat it. It's like that TikTok that goes around where it's like my first time being a spy and you like poison a drink and you like stir it with your finger and then you accidentally lick your finger and you like plop. That's like what this was. Um, so yeah, so then, and, and then also like staged robberies. Yeah. So as investigators dug deeper, things only got messier. And after searching Simone's computer, authorities found that she had searched a bunch of things that were incriminating, which we'll get into, including though, quote, cyanide in food, end quote. My God, fucking Casey Anthony over here. Well, yeah. 
Especially when she first claimed that she had only searched it out of curiosity. Uh, yeah, sure. And then later changed her tune. And then she stuck with the story that she was trying to help a friend whose dog had a tumor. As Arnold Schwarzenegger would say, it is not a tumor. Um, so Flor Delis later admitted that in early 2019, she had discovered text messages on her phone between her son and her daughter about plans to kill DeCarmo. But the texts, of course, were not for her. Uh-huh. And... Because she wasn't possessive about material things at all, everybody just kind of used her phone. Sure. Yeah. So obviously she's asked, like, why the fuck? Like, are you kidding? And she goes, she tells the New Yorker, quote, it was a disagreement between children at home with him. But I saw the message. I showed it to my husband, but my husband didn't take it too seriously. He thought he was going to solve it because he was the type of guy who could solve everything, right? If we went to a police station, which is what I wanted to do, our name would be exposed in the media. And then imagine the media talking about a plot, a murder. He didn't want that, end quote. Yeah, he didn't want to be fucking safe. Yeah. So then in March 2019, DeCarmo happened to discover a message on his iPad that basically revealed this plan to murder him. Oh. And he threatened to bug all of the phones in the house which led to Flor Delis, allegedly, and her co-conspirator children to having to start communicating with burner phones. Jeez. Yes. So that same month, several of the kids arranged for a hitman to ambush DeCarmo as he was driving away from the church after one of their services, but he evaded them by leaving in a borrowed car. Wow. Yes. So allegedly, one daughter was complaining that DeCarmo was, quote, so rotten he wouldn't die, end quote. Jesus. And Flor Delis allegedly told her, quote, if you want to kill him, it will have to be bullets, end quote. Wow. She has since denied this. That of course this is she what has. Said. Yeah. So, yeah. La-di-da. Authorities got the necessary warrants. And just before dawn on August 24th, 2020, they executed a raid on the compound that they called, quote, Operation Luke 12, end quote, which was a reference. Uh, I think this is a little bit funny, ironic, whatever. It's a reference to a chapter in the New Testament in which Jesus tells his apostles, quote, there is nothing concealed that will not be disclosed or hidden that will not be made known. What you have said in the dark will be heard in the daylight and what you have whispered in the ear in the inner rooms will be proclaimed from the roofs, end quote. Yeah. <laughs> They're using the fucking Bible. Like, I just, I think it's so funny. I think it's so ironic and so funny. But yeah, so police arrested the Flor Delis's kids, five of her kids and one of her grand grandchildren for conspiracy and murder. So we have eight now in custody. Yeah. And just a week before the arrests on, on August 16th, 2020, Flor Delis had posted a photo of herself riding a camel with DeCarmo when they were on a trip to Israel. And she captioned it, quote, this is like the gist of it because it's like a long ass caption. Uh -huh. But, quote, I still feel lost. Part of me died with you. I feel a mixture of pain and disgust. What they did to you was so cruel. I love you, my baby, end quote. This is because it's about a year and two months after his murder. And that's what she was like marking. Yeah. Um, and so then a week later, her family was arrested. <laughs> and as they were being arrested or as they were arrested, homicide chief Antonio Ricardo Lima Nunez told reporters, quote, the conclusion the investigation reached was this, that she planned this cowardly murder. The motive was that she was unhappy with the way in which Pastor Anderson lived his life and handled the family finances, end quote. 
Flordelis, however, was only indicted for her alleged involvement in her husband's murder, and this caused a huge scandal. She lost thousands of followers of her church, which resulted in five of her six churches having to be closed down. She was suspended by her political party, the Partido Social Democrático. The famous Brazilian actors that appeared in that biopic about her like a decade before, they spoke out against the movie. They condemned the movie. They were like, we regret even participating, yeah. especially for free. Um, and all throughout, Flor Delis maintained that she was innocent. So then because the she was a congresswoman, remember I said she was only indicted because she was this like federal deputy, this congresswoman. They were unable to arrest her because she had parliamentary immunity. That should be bullshit. You shouldn't be able to get immunity for something like just it because. It should be bullshit, but they can't make it illegal because then all of these people have their hands in some fucked up shit. And so that makes them all vulnerable. And that's what that's like caused like an issue with this case. Yeah. Um, is because nobody wants to like change the law about it. Uh-huh. But um, in the meantime, so like all they could do was require her to wear an ankle monitor, which Flor Delis did try to appeal in court but the decision was upheld after it was discovered that she had tried to frame one of her kids for the murder by forging a letter. Wow. And they were like, no, 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 you can keep that little piece of jewelry. Like, no, no. Yeah. But then, so she's got this immunity that nobody wants to take away because then they might lose it and get in trouble for some shit. But then, you know what else happens? COVID happens. They're yeah. in the middle of COVID. So parliament is, or Congress is not in session. It's so crazy. So, this is so recent. Yeah, this is August 2020. Yeah. So they're not in session. So most of her churches are closed. There's a pandemic limiting her ability to meet with like not just droves of people that like are parishioners and followers, but also like her fellow politicians to try to like make a name for herself, make a case for herself. Yeah. So Flor Delis turned to YouTube oh, in October 2020. She posted a six minute, 38 second long video with the title... This is translated from from uh, Portuguese. The other side of the story, Flor Delis presents evidence and facts not disclosed by the media. I'm telling you, who does this sound like? I know. It's horrible. Yeah. So she promoted this upcoming series in which she would basically like prove herself to be innocent for on her channel. The channel has 319,000 subscribers Jesus. as of this episode being recorded. And she said in the promos, quote, Again, English translation, but are you on the fence? Was it or wasn't it? Is it or isn't it? Come to the channel, which will post news about the case. Okay. End quote. All right. So finally, the trial came about this past winter. Uh, one of her daughters, Roberta, said that when she heard that her father had been murdered, her first thought was, quote, it was her, Flor Delise. Damn. End quote. Yeah. Another daughter, Diana, said, quote, the only person I felt could be involved in this was my mother, end quote. Oh, jeez. Yeah. But then, so the judge of the case, um, it's Nieres dos Santos Car Carvalho Arce. Um, she goes by, or they go by Judge Santos. Um, they asked Flor Delis if she'd taken part in the plot, and she denied it. And she said, quote, to do so would be to destroy myself, end quote. I don't think you have a problem with that. Yeah. And then she said, quote, after God himself, he was the most important thing in the world to me. End quote. Like, give me a fucking break. Yeah. <laughs> Are we still on this? 
Um, she also like dressed super conservatively and was like like made herself out to be this like like floor length dresses, like low bun, like all well, of well, it. Well, we've seen that before in like the Casey Anthony Casey trial. Anthony, yeah. yes. And in the, um, we'll get to it, the Menendez brothers, like they yeah. dressed like, like boys when they're men yes. that killed their parents. Like Exactly. Yeah. Everyone tries to appeal to the uh, the courts. Yes. And furthermore, so while the accused kids admitted to participating in these poisoning attempts, they all were like, Simone was behind it, not Fleur Delis. Okay. So then in January 2021, Simone testified just sobbing, saying that she asked her sister to hire Flavio to murder DeCarmo because she was allegedly tired of DeCarmo's sexual assault and harassment, which came in the form of him raping her and masturbating at the foot of her bed mm. and that her mother was, quote, too blind in love and, quote, to do anything about his behavior. Yeah. Um, she also felt that she couldn't really do anything else because he even did this while she was enduring cancer treatments, oh, which geez. he paid for, she said. Yeah. And that she basically was just like, he was paying for my cancer treatments. Like, what was I going to do? Like, I'd have nobody to pay for my cancer treatments. Yeah. Jesus. However, prosecutors like asked the insurance company basically or the, uh, the hospital like for like billing statements of this and it showed that insurance paid for her wow. cancer treatments now i i'm not one to like not believe a victim or anything like that it is suspicious i will say that like maybe she meant like my ex-boyfriend stepfather paid for the insurance I don't know. Like, because I know that's what I, I've said in the past. Like, oh, like when I was like on my dad's insurance, I'd be like, oh, like I'm on my dad's insurance. My dad is paying for X, Y, Z. Yeah, I mean, I guess like, if it's your insurance, like you have to pay into insurance. So like. Yeah, I don't know if it was his insurance or her insurance. It just it was covered by insurance. OK. Um, But regardless, she said that after she like orchestrated the buying of the gun she basically like lost track of what was going on in this murder plot and that she was actually not at the house the night of the murder that she was at a motel meeting with one of meeting with a lover okay so she also said that she had nothing to do with the poisoning plots at which point prosecutors turned to those records of her google searches where she would look she was looking for you know like poisoning food and also quote Someone badass, two words, end quote. Quote, where to find killers, end quote. <laughs> That's something you just Google, right? Right. That just comes and, up. End quote. Oh, well, and this also just randomly comes up. Quote, easy to buy lethal poison to kill a person, end quote. I get, yeah. I mean, 10 times a day I'm who Googling hasn't? that. I was going to say, who hasn't? Um, she then maintained, though, that it was to help that friend's sick, dying dog. To kill a person. But she wanted to put the dog out of its misery. Yeah. I mean, I certainly feel like my pets are people. Yeah. I mean, you can old yeller it. I think that'd be. uh, Oh, no, no. Stop that. No, Uh, they did have a gun, but no, I'd rather get shot than like slowly die via poison. I mean, I don't think DeCarmo was saying that. (laughs) I'm gonna be honest with you. I, I don't mean, think people would agree. I think I think they'd rather just not die. Haley. Yeah, no, that's that's option number one. But like, if I have the op, if there's 
if there's no if that's off the table and I gotta go. Yeah, but I you don't, don't get to want choose where you poison. get shot. You don't get to choose where you get shot. Yeah, I would true. rather poison. Actually, no, I wouldn't. I'm not no, gonna say how I would rather go because and then you suffocate on yourself. I'd like to I'd like to just like Go peacefully. That's no, all I ask. And honestly, if I keep talking shit about Floyd Delise, it may be happening sooner than I think. Maybe. Um, but yeah, so several of, of Floyd Delise's kids testified that they believed that she was behind the murder. But other witnesses who were just devoted to her claimed, including kids, claimed that she was innocent. Um, one of her daughters, Christiana, said that the conspiracy to kill her father, th- that the claim that there was a conspiracy to kill her father was false. And when the judge asked if she if there was, quote, a law of silence end quote in their house, Christiana denied it and said that it was, quote, an invention. OK. Quote. So meanwhile, Fleur Delise's 21 year old daughter, Gabriella, testified she she constantly just spoke in like a super quiet, almost inaudible monotone. OK. And. Everything that the, that Judge Santos asked her, she just went, no, Mm-mm. nah, uh-huh. didn't happen. So then finally, she, when she contradicted a testimony that she had given earlier that had implicated Fleur Delise in this crime, Judge Santos straight up asked her if she had, quote, taken something, end quote, hmm. to which Gabriella said no, but in that same, like, monotonous, flat voice. Yeah. Santos then said to her, quote, you don't seem normal, end quote. Fuck and you, you don't get to tell me if I'm normal or not. No, no, like, <laughs> sh- like no, not like normal, normal, but like she she meant like you don't seem like sober. You yeah, don't seem yeah, good. yeah. And Fleur Delise later told the New Yorker that Gabriella had epilepsy and that she had taken medicine for it right before she appeared in court. And Fleur Delise told the New Yorker, quote, I wanted the judge to see that her testimony couldn't be relied upon, end quote. Whoa. All right. Yeah. So then after several appearances by Flor Delis in court, Judge Santos started to lose patience with her because every single time it was just like a, a whole scene and it was all about her and they weren't getting anywhere. Yeah. And so finally, like, Judge Santos just got so fed up with her antics that like Fleur Delise's right to visit her children in custody was revoked. Yeah. And that was because it was believed there was that she and the kids were trying to develop an alibi. Okay. So during one testimony, Fleur Delise gave a dramatic retelling of the last night that she spent with her husband. But when she got to the point where DeCarmo was like pulling a Tom Cruise and getting up on chairs and yeah. declaring his love for her, Judge Santos went, quote, so what then? You went home? end quote <laughs> all right everyone's done so, with their shit so done with her shit and so then Fleur Delise was just like grumbly about it but like kept going like she just was like like she acted like she was being bullied for having to be here and yeah. so she just continued on with this dramatic tale and then broke down as she explained that she last saw her husband alive when she was reminding him to close the gates as he stood in their driveway on his phone, sending emails. Mm-hmm. And Judge Santos then said to her, so why didn't your family had, had two dogs? Why didn't any of them bark? Yeah. When the gunman showed up. Yep. And could it have been that they were drugged? And then it turns out that one of the dogs had to be put down a month after the murder. Oh. Yeah. But also, like, could it have been 
side effects from being drugged. Yeah. So Flor Delise did what she did best and denied, denied, denied. And when asked directly if she had poisoned her husband, she replied, quote, never, end quote. Which, I mean, from what I read, it was true. Like at one point, one of the daughters was seen like poisoning something of his. And she said, I would do anything for her. Okay. Like, I, I, I can believe that she never poisoned him. Yeah. And she never held the gun. But um, yeah, so this is still going on. Um, members of her own party called for Fleur Delis to be removed from office because, again, they would rather, like, just kick her out than have to, like, change their laws. Yeah. But also because they were like, we don't want somebody like this, like, in our government representing. Like, she basically became, like, a pariah. Like, the interviewer she brought, the interviewer from The New Yorker to their, like, Congress or whatever and uh-huh. was like trying to introduce him to people and these people were like coming up to her to be polite but like could not get the fuck away from her fast enough and were like trying to pretend they couldn't hear her as she was like calling to them and then having to be like oh she sees me and like shaking his hand the reporter's yeah. hand and then just like fucking dipping like they want nothing to do with her the case was brought before an ethics committee and so like she hasn't been stripped of her title but in June 2021 so literally two months ago yeah. The Ethics Council of Brazil approved the removal of Flor Delis from office in a 16 to 1 vote. <laughs> that one fucking idiot. That one fucking idiot is definitely a member of the Church of Flor Delis um, or the Ministry of Flor Delis. But um, so then th- next would be the Chamber of Deputies. Now they need to vote on it and approve it by 257 votes. And if she's fully removed from office, then she'll be brought to trial. All right. Yeah. And it that's seems- where we are. Yeah, it seems like uh, it's not far off like that. It's that's really a very not. likely scenario. Yeah. And it would be sooner again if it weren't for that pesky COVID. And I mean, it's ruined everything. Just, it right? really has. But like I read about this back when she was first discovered to have been the. Yeah. Like like last year. And I was like, oh, we got to talk about this. Oh, hell yeah. Yeah. But so that's the story of Flor Delis and homies and she's still like if you go on to her social media and stuff i'm really mad because i was like in researching this i was like looking at her socials and looking at her like youtube videos and stuff like that and now i'm getting all of that recommended to me on my socials and i'm really fucking pissed about it yeah i don't enjoy it like literally i was watching youtube this morning and it was like okay next up do you want to watch this floor delise like worship video and i was like i do not (laughs) (laughs) i was like i fucking don't know but like, yeah, she's still posting. She's like still behaving as if she wasn't just voted to be removed from office. Like, yep. I just went to pull it up and whole Tan France and his, his husband had their baby. I saw that four hours ago. He came seven weeks early. He's in the NICU. Congratulations to Tan France. Oh, that's so <laughs> sweet. Please don't adopt like 57 more. Um, no. But yeah, she's like she just posted like two days before this about the Olympics. She's posting about like her, her church and like performing at her church and stuff like that. And just constantly, constantly hashtagging what? herself. What um, a fucking wacko. Like just really, she's still going. She's, she's like nonstop just going. Like she's All doing right. like performances everything she she has not stopped i guess we'll see where this goes then Mm -hmm. uh well we'll definitely post about it uh if we hear anything yeah when it happens and you can find that on our website 
crimeculturepodcast.tumblr.com. Yes, also us. on our Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And don't forget, we posted uh, last week the uh, Secret Satan. Yeah! We're doing Secret Satan. It's like a Secret Santa style gift exchange. But the, devilish. But devilish. <laughs> the uh, form to fill out to uh, join on the gift exchange is on the uh, Facebook currently and hopefully will be on all of our other social medias all over the place. I'll try to... I'm such an old person. I think you can pin <laughs> stuff to the top so that <laughs> yes. it's like there. Yeah. For some of them, you can. For yeah, some of hell them, yeah. you can. We're going to do that. So She's got it. If she's I can go- figure it out, it. if you go to any of our social pl- pages and it's up there, hell yeah. That means I did it. If not, check the link tree. Yes. And if yeah. not, email us. Yeah, we're there. Crimeculturepod at gmail.com. Email us anyway. And, uh, we like to respond to people and we get some very nice e- emails and DMs and we love it. So, yeah. uh yeah, crimeculturepod at gmail.com, crimeculturepodcast at on uh Instagram and all that stuff. So, Hell yeah. uh with that, we'll see you next Tuesday. Bye. Bye. Bye.